Y'all know what it is, the Witness to History podcast, hiphopwire.com. Kyle Santillian here today is all about Chicago, Chicago's influence on hip-hop, Chicago's contribution to the game, and we're talking to people that know all about that, man. And this guy right here, a lot of people are saying he's the one who kicked it off for the city, the fastest rapper in the world. Man, a legend is in the building right now. We got to give it up for Twister. What up, brother? Man, I appreciate it. How you feeling, family? Thank you for the intro. Thank yeah. you. I love it. I love it. For I feel sure. good, man. I feel good. I, I, you know what I love about you, man? Like, you know, just seeing how you move around the city and move around the industry, it's like you're mm. continuously working, still doing your thing, still Always. making it happen, being a pioneer, but also being current and active. I, yeah, I love Always. that. I love seeing that from you. Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate sure. that. Yeah, hell I, yeah. So we're talking about Chicago, and we're talking about Chicago's contribution in yes, hip-hop, and we can't have that conversation without talking about you. Man, you better not. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So you dropping your first uh, song back in 91, mm-hmm. right? I got the year correct? 91. Okay, but I, what I would like to know is what was 1988 Twister doing? What was 1987 Twister doing? What were the things that kind of led you up to even putting out your 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 first song, your first album, before you even got in the game? Man, and it's crazy when you say that. And this is an easy conversation because when you like hip-hop and you like, you dropped this in 91. Soon as you said 88, you already got me in hip-hop mode. The first thing that came to my head when you said 88 was Big Daddy Kane. Yes. When he said 88, time, time to set it straight. straight. You know what I mean? Ain't no have stepping step you know what i mean so so this is the stuff i'm listening to you know what i'm saying no respect in 88 and 89 because i'm fine as wine you know what i'm saying yes. uh, pmd uh eric, eric sermon you know what i'm saying rock yeah. I'm with so you, bro. this is what i'm doing man at home soaking it in you know um captivated by this new thing called hip-hop like wow listening to these mcs just like amazed and yeah. like soaking it in you Do know? You, was there um, a partic- particular moment that you remember saying, this is the moment that I want to do this? Like, this is, like, for me, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. For me, uh, Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, mm-hmm. um, there was a song where Jazzy Jeff was just doing all of these different kind of scratches. Yeah. Now make it chirp. To make it sound like a bird, and then yeah. it did the transformer scratch. Yeah, and it lost was lost my mind. Yeah, yeah, lost my mind. So from that moment on, I wanted mm-hmm. to be a DJ, and that started me on the path to everything that I'm doing now. Yeah, I started out as a DJ in my basement, and it led to what I'm doing now. Was nice. there one of those moments for you? Like that song directly helped me too. You okay. know, that was one of the songs. Like Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, just a lot of the stuff they was doing. Yeah, you know, and especially beatboxing. Mm. Beatboxing played a big part in my um, wanting to be involved in hip hop as a whole. Like, so it was the rapping too, but I wanted to beatbox more than I wanted to rap. So mm. I would write raps for some of the people around me just so I could beatbox. Can you still do it? My brother, my hype man, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. Yeah, we, don't, we don't get, get me started. Don't get me started, man. We can get a sample? Don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> hold on, before I leave. Not, not before I leave, I'm going to do it. All right, for but, sure, uh, for sure. You caught me off guard. I might get spitting everywhere. Hold on, <laughs> slow down. But um, yeah, that's what I did, though. I started off beatboxing and writing raps for them. And um, what made me want to like really be a rapper was, remember, I'm beatboxing, so of course... Fat Boys is like one of my favorite groups. Yes. And I'm listening to 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 uh the human beatbox do his thing. So of course, I naturally became a fan of 
um, Dougie Fresh. Yes. People don't know people like Human Jackbox from Skinny Boys. Mm, you know, so skinny I was a fan. Boys. Yeah, That's yeah. the name you don't hear too often. Yeah, that, it was doing a, mm, the Skinny Boys. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah, so I had all of those beats down pat. And um, when I saw Dougie Fresh rapping, I'm like, damn, he not just beatboxing. He rapping too. Mm. Let me write me some raps now. Mm. You know what I mean? So That's so right. I was doing it a little bit, like dabbling a little bit back and forth, but I was mostly giving the raps to the people around me. But once I heard that, it was on. You yeah. know, my brother was like, I was writing my brother raps and stuff like that, but then I had to get it in myself. What was it that um, made you decide to rap fast? How did that become your style? Wanting to do something different than metaphors and punchlines and battle raps. Because I was good at that. That was one thing I was good at was seeing somebody on a corner. Like we literally came outside and walked around through the neighborhood or different neighborhoods just to see another rapper mm. and call him out and battle him. Mm. So, so this is what we did. So that was something I was very skilled at at a young age. And then I had that desire to make songs and do something different. So I'm like, okay, it was the moment my mind said, let me make a style. You know, I was, I'm doing raps, but let me make a style. Listen to the lyrics that I can't. Yeah, like a conscious thing. Then yeah. I start doing it. Then it was uh, the beat. Now you're doing one or two words here and there. Then now you're doing it. And then you start hearing a few other rappers dabbling in it. And then I remember the moment I said, okay, before I hear somebody do a whole song like this and claim it as a style, let me write a whole song like this. And that's when I started doing stuff like Mr. Tongue Twister and things like that, where the literally the whole song would be in that style. Yeah. And that was my way of claiming something that that I felt I was starting. But then I started hearing people doing it. So I'm like, let me do the whole thing in that style before somebody beats me to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Understood. So when that song comes out, Mr. Tongue Twister, how does it mm -hmm. impact your life? It was crazy. You know, it was crazy because it wasn't too many or if any rappers out of Chicago. So, so to have that experience just as a person from the West side of Chicago, and then as a rapper who hadn't had too many influences or other people or peers to look up at that was close to me, mm -hmm. just what I was able to see on TV or hear on the radio. So, so it was wild, just everything around changing. Um, this was when, I got to experience what a hater was before it was called a hater, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and ju just the whole love, man, and, and just experiencing filming a video, yeah. being in, in, in California and uh, walking down Hollywood Boulevard, um, actually meeting some of my favorite rappers and stuff like that, man. It, it yeah. was crazy. Like Mr. Tongue Twister was a crazy, uh, a crazy fun period. Shout yeah. out to DJ Jihad. That was my DJ at the time. For sure. Loud Records. You know? Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you said that. I want to come back to Loud Records, but before okay. I even go there, so Mr. Tongue Twister, excuse me, Mr. Tongue Twister comes out, launches you into a, a national spotlight, mm -hmm. right? You come right back with the album running off at the mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just the whole experience of that album and it launching you from Chicago mm -hmm. out to the rest of the nation. What was the reception like for you going to other places representing Chicago? Well, to just young fans, they loved it. You know, people were amazed to hear something different. So it was more so, like with me, it wasn't more so about the rap itself, was which 
I, that was what I wanted it to be more about. Mm-hmm. It was more people about the, uh, being involved or, or should I say, uh, having this wow factor when they would hear what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So so that was dope, and that got me into places that I normally wouldn't get in. I got to break a Guinness Book of World Record, uh, got to get on television shows, things that I normally wouldn't do. But as a rapper, that's the thing I wanted to be accepted as the most. And if you got up close to me, you found out I was I was I was a rapper. If yeah. you got up close to me, but from a distance, some people didn't think so. Some of my peers or some 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 other rappers from other places or things like that. Like it was hard to break into Chicago. So a lot of artists now they are coming out of Chicago at a time period when Chicago was being loved. Right. Chicago was the blueprint for hip hop right now. The whole vibe. So. Imagine coming out of Chicago when you're trying to tell people that Chicago does have dope rap here. Yeah. We do got talent here. You know, when people are like, ain't no rappers in Chicago. Ain't yeah. nobody. Ain't no, yeah. You, know, you so had to that, be the that, person to break down the door. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of the, the people trail. like people like me, Common. We was like two of the main ones that had to break down the door. Yeah. How, yeah. Was, you, how was the relationship between you two at that time? Because you're working on a similar timeline. Mm-hmm. Styles are different. Always cool. But because our styles were different, we, we didn't really mesh or do a lot of music together or anything like that because our styles were so different right but we definitely respected respected each other we yeah. we kind of knew like we were like counterparts to each other as far as chicago he yeah. was like south side hip-hop version i was like west side my vibe so i always looked at him as like a counterpart that that fit well that that made us uh that helped make chicago and most chicago yeah, no, nah, I actually love that because um, I was having some of these conversations earlier. And one of the things that you can kind of say if you go through the timeline of Chicago hip hop is there are different styles, mm-hmm. different time periods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, you know, you have common sound, you have your sound, you have Kanye sound, you have the Keep Chief sound, mm-hmm. you have, you know, the Chance the Rapper sound, the Herbo sound, you got the Vic Mensa sound. Like, there are so many different styles, sounds coming out of the same city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's a great thing because we all know that a lot of times locations can get pigeonholed for sounding a certain, a certain way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, you'll and, be on a coast and, and that's just how it is. It's yeah. like a, like when you go east, it's more of that vibe. When mm-hmm. you go everywhere, it's more of that vibe. But when you're in the center, you know, I like to look at it as like a donut. Because if you're on the east, west, south, you and you're, say you're eating the donut, <laughs> you're only eating the donut from the area in which you are in. Uh-huh. But when you're in the center of the donut, you can literally eat any part of, you know what I mean? I like that. So it's like being, being a consumer from the center and we get to listen to hip hop. Wow, this is the east coast. Wow, this is the west coast. Wow, down south, east. On the same block. You got a Rock Him fan and a Ice Cube fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the same block, you got a Chance the Rapper fan and a Do or Die fan. Yeah. You know That's what fine. I mean? So it's just, it's, it's uh, like a melting pot, you know? Yeah. Was there a moment when uh, you felt like you kind of overcame some of the, what you were just talking about, breaking down the doors? Was there a moment where it was like, all right, I know I made it through some trials and tribulations now because... This is what I'm receiving now that I've pushed the door in already. Pope Pimp. Directly that song. 
you know, it was like small time periods. But as far as theology, yeah, that was that was when I felt um, I had fully found myself as an artist, and I felt I had refined my flow in a way where when I come out, it was gonna shock some people, change change the momentum of how people was rapping a little bit, all mm-hmm. of that. Like I kind of knew it when I was coming with it. So for it to actually happen. Like uh, to get blessed to get on a song, you know, shout out to to Do or Die and, um, you know, Traxta to get on that song and my man Lug G to get on that song. And uh, we listen to it all day, like all night and all day. I call AK the next day like, man, did you listen to that song? He's like, yeah, I listen to it. Like, like that's when we got a chance to feel what a hit was. Yeah, We got a chance to see, um, man, let me tell you what was crazy. When the DJs was start treating you like homies, yeah. oh my God, that was one. You know what I mean? So it was like, oh man. So that was that was a breakthrough right there. Like yeah. when when you got to actually get close and personal with certain DJs that you wanted to just really get close to because you are a fan of them as well as knowing that they could help you music wise. Right. That was a breakthrough period too. So uh, I can go on and on about that particular song, Pope Pimp just changing the the whole perception yeah. and vibe of, of of how I was uh being accepted and how I felt about myself. Yeah. All right, so let's let's fast forward a little bit. I know you have a, a vast uh catalog, mm-hmm. but I want to fast forward because I know we don't have a whole lot of time. But let's fast forward to O four. What's up? O four comes around, Kanye's making his mark in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you put out the kamikaze album mm-hmm. and I feel like the even the success you had up until that point it pushed it even further. Do you feel the same way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun, man. Yeah. Like, I think, like, we looked at it as um, Adrenaline Rush and then Kamikaze, like, the time period. Right. And how far apart they was. And then Adrenaline Rush and Mr. Tongue Twister running off at the mouth. Like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do this every 10 years like a, like a <laughs> vampire. You know, so <laughs> right. it was dope, man. <laughs> right. Like, like that was real crazy. That time period... And I, I felt like I was getting getting uh, blessings and accolades for the effort that I was putting into my music because artists like uh, Kanye West, so many artists, but but he was one of the artists that came at that time and was like, man, you represent Shy, man, you got to get a Chicago, you got to get the legend. So, so I was fortunate to be um, part of the beginning part of his genius. Yes. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so that was dope. And I knew it at the time too. I was like, man, this man is a genius. I got to do my best every time I, I put in the effort with him when I get that blessing to do so. Yeah, you know? for yeah. sure. For sure. All right. So that's the height of, let's say like the, um, the mainstream world, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you know, we know a lot of people know that you are really a fan of what's going on in the underground scene as well. Of course. Keep your yeah. head to the streets and things of that nature. Yeah. Who are some of the people we should be listening out for? Mm, Coming man. out of Chicago, let me be clear because we're talking about Chicago today. Um, out of Chicago, I mean, uh, definitely Vic Spencer. I always talk about him. Yeah. You know, that that's one of my favorite uh, artists underground out of Chicago. Uh, I like Saba. I don't even know if mm. you consider him underground as much. You know, and that's representing West Side too. You know, people, everybody knows Chance, but I like his brother Taylor Bennett. Yeah. You know, pay attention to his vibe a lot. And uh, it's so many artists, man. Super, super boy, you know, who I do songs with a lot. My man, Sonny Woods, who's one of the producers and orchestrators of of, of my new knowledge and, and the reason I'm up on a lot of these guys in Chicago. But uh, it's so many of them, man. And and I'm, I'm also a fan of how the ones I saw 
when they were just putting out music and how they become legends. Like I get to see Lil Durk go from a rapper who was just getting hot to being a legend. People like a Chief Keef, people yeah. like G Herbo. So to see these guys doing their thing uh, at this point is big for me. You know what yeah. I mean? So to get to watch that is a uh, is amazing, yeah. you know. Because I would I, think there's I, yeah. a proud, uh, there's a proud thing there. Like we said yeah. earlier, you kicked in the door for the city, mm. and now to see people like Herbo, Dirk, you know what I mean, and the influence that these guys are having across the country, yeah, you know, there has to yeah. be a little sense things of like what there, Juice right? World did, you Juice know, rest, World, rest yeah. in peace to him, yeah, yeah, people, so many, man, so yeah. many, yeah. Do do you have conversations or have you had conversations with them along their journey? Like, what are some of the things which you being a pioneer? from the city that you've shared with some of the up and comers or even the guys that are hot now when they were up and coming, what are some of the gems you might've dropped on them along their journey? Well, not so many. Uh, I wouldn't say so much as far as gems dropped on them. I would say if we came around each other now, they may have some questions like, yo, twist when you was doing it, you know, they may, mm -hmm. but at the beginning, me and me and chief Keith used to talk a little bit. He used to ask me a few questions here and there yeah. at the beginning, but for the most part, man, them, them all of them guys kind of knew where they were going, doing their thing. G Herbo killed me when he reminded me of him being a shorty running around in the house when when I was recording with Traxter and and his uh his uncle, uh, you know, when they had D to the S. I was like, oh my yeah, god, he was like, there. Yeah, he was there. Mm. You know, so being reminded of something like that was crazy, man. Like yeah. so, yeah, man. I, I'm uh, I'm happy that all the guys are doing what they're doing. In the great landscape of hip hop. In your opinion, where does Chicago fit into that landscape? Where does Chicago fit into the landscape of hip hop? Yeah, I and mean, over the course of the fifty years of hip hop, like what when you have all of these different pieces that have made hip hop what it is today, what's the Chicago piece look like? The Chicago piece came in when technology started to take over. So hip hop was more coastal. You know, you couldn't get to it as much because it was only the television and radio. But once the, the, the web took over, social media took over and you can open up your laptop or get on your computer and see people. People were like, wow, they saw this little black kid with dreads talking about what he don't like. Mm. You know what I mean? And from that moment on, it just changed the whole landscape of hip hop. I literally watched the vibe of the way everybody's music and everything started to change. And and that's why we are at where we are at to me is because you couldn't see us at first. But once technology got to a level that it, it allowed people to see us, now comes the latter part of the 50 years of hip, of hip hop where Chicago is on top doing our thing. And I'm not even gonna say we're better than this city or better than that city. We the ones doing that. But I definitely damn well know that Chicago has a big major influence on the sound and the vibe of music and hip hop today. Last question for you. Uh, I feel like over the years there's been, you know, maybe the city has gotten overlooked mm -hmm. or people had a misrepresentation of the city or just a false idea of the city. Mm -hmm. You being a pioneer, representing the city of Chicago, what's something that everybody that's a hip-hop fan should know about Chicago? What did he say? He gave, sounded like you gave me a good one. What was it? Oh, oh man, I thought he was listening. Oh. <laughs> I thought he was listening because, you know, Raw will drop a good one on you every once in a while. <laughs> but, um, hmm, something about the city that everybody should yeah, and, know. And, and, as it pertains uh, to hip-hop. As it pertains to hip-hop. Ooh. Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. George's Music Room. I would say 
people need to know and recognize how much George Daniels and George's music room, his record shop, actually played in hip hop as one of the major foundations. Like when you listen to people on the East Coast talk about you know, their whole vibe and how they came up. They have monumental things like like certain people, certain places. I will say George Daniels and George's music room was a major foundation of, of hip hop in Chicago. That's what's up, man. Yeah. I appreciate your time. You're a legend. You deserve all of the flowers, a pioneer, somebody who's still out here doing it and setting an example for everybody coming up behind you and a major representative for the city. So thank you man. so much for spending the time for me today, man. Appreciate man, that. Thank you. You too, man. Keep no doing doubt. what you're doing. You know, I, I watch you do your thing too from the beginning too, man. So keep doing what you're doing. This is just the beginning for Kyle. So y'all make sure that he have me back and he'll right. get a, you know, that, that pinky finger don't start sticking out too far when he start. <laughs> You know, making all that money and just soaring higher and higher. You know, that's what he referred to. You know, he gonna start soaring higher, man. But that's what's up, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. No doubt. Welcome to the Witness to History podcast. I am your host today, Kyle Santillian. Shout out HipHopWire.com. We're really making this thing happen. And this is a podcast, man, where we really get to dive into how different regions have had an impact, been influenced by, and contributed to the culture of hip-hop as we celebrate 50 years this year of hip-hop being in existence, right? This particular episode, we're focusing on Chicago, the great city of Chicago, the city of broad shoulders, so many contributions to the game, and I got some guests today that are really going to help us dive deep into Chicago's contribution to the game of hip-hop. My first guest today, this guy is the CEO and founder of Fake Shore Drive. This website, this conglomerate has been so important on the scene in Chicago for so many years. I got my brother here, Andrew Barbara, in the hello, studio. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, bro? Man, it's great to be here. It's an honor and a pleasure. Absolutely, man. We've seen each other so much over the years. Yeah, yeah. Cross paths. We're in a lot of the same spaces, but I love this because I really get to dive into, you know, what you do the culture of hip hop in Chicago. And yeah. uh, you're one of those people that really helped move the culture forward. You know what I mean? Oh, so, well, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. being here. I, I appreciate you having me. Thank no you. doubt. Let's start number one, uh, just for you personally, man. What was it that kind of got you involved in the scene of hip hop in Chicago? Um, well, well, locally, you know, I started Fake Short Drive, which it started as a music blog. While we still do some writing, we've kind of moved on from, from blogging just because I think everyone else has moved <laughs> right, on from blogging. Sure. That's another <laughs> conversation, but um, at the time, um, you were talking, you know, mid 2000s. So, um, you know, this is after the Kanye explosion, Lupe fiasco, um, Twister kind of has a big resurgence as does common. Um, but at the time it felt like if you weren't one of those four acts, yeah. Kanye common, Lupe fiasco or Twista, you weren't really getting any national coverage. For sure. And I felt that was kind of crazy. Um, seeing as Chicago is the third largest market in the United States. Absolutely. I know forever this, the thing of the South was always, you know, the South got something to say and it's the most underserved, overlooked, you know, market in hip hop. But I, I always felt like more so the Midwest was, mm. um, despite having some of the biggest stars coming from, you know, the Midwest, from Kanye to Eminem to Nelly or Bone Thugs and Harmony, like some of the bigger, you know, hip hop artists the last 30 years are from the Midwest. But it didn't, it never felt like it was really connected as a scene. But For sure. um, 
being in Chicago, going to all these events, you know, I'm just, I've always been a fan. I was always a fan. It was always a dream to work in the music business. Um, but it was hard being in the Midwest. You know what I mean? I, I did radio. Um, and that, that wasn't, that's not super easy to get into nah, either. You exactly. know what I mean? You, you have history in that. So, um, I wanted to contribute any way that I could. And I was going to all these events and I noticed all this like really exciting stuff happening. There was a lot of like local stuff that was happening. Like for example, the cool kids yeah. were a huge groundbreaking group in Chicago at that moment. This is 07. Right. So I started fake show in 07. Um, these guys would have, they'd be playing like these small bars or little venues in like Wicker Park or different neighborhoods. And they would have a line down the block. But nobody, like, it kind of felt like nobody outside of Chicago knew who these guys were. Right. And everybody was dressing like them. And they were, like, they were, like, changing the sound of music. And people were paying attention to it. But it was like they, they weren't, like, getting coverage. So I started noticing that. Not just them. There was a lot of other. It felt like there were other groups that were having that same repetitive, like, yeah, they're Mano, known here but needing more yeah, coverage. Mano and Hollywood Hold. Yeah. And there was other people like Mickey Halston and Bump J that were doing stuff that was, that was really interesting. So I'm like, man, somebody needs to cover this. And it didn't. And there had been people that have covered it over the years, but I just felt like on the blog space, you know, right. this is the Which same time blog. Which was bubbling at that time. That was, that's how yeah. everybody was starting to consume their news and their content. And I just said, and I'm reading these every day. I know more than most of the writers that are writing. Let me just throw my hat in the ring. Right. So let me go back to what you said about um, Chicago being the third largest city market in the United States of America and feeling overlooked. You know what I mean? It's interesting that that happens, and a lot of different markets felt like that outside of the Northeast. Mm -hmm. What is it about the geographical region that you felt played into that mindset? Like, why was the Midwest overlooked? Why was Chicago being overlooked? Do you have any insight on why you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, well, number one, um, obviously the the labels are in the you know Hollywood or New York, like right. the, the those two powerhouses on the coast. Like that's where a lot of the business is done. Just to be honest. Yeah. Um, and there, while there are labels here, it was more like label reps for radio promo and things like that. That like that's why the labels for were sure. here. They weren't necessarily scouting town. I know Jive Records was here in like the late '80s, early '90s. They had an office here, but that was mainly because it was such a big house scene. Right. Um, that's another thing. But um, we could go on a tangent all day and talk about this. <laughs> but I think overall, people treat the Midwest as a fly as flyover states they 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 see us more as consumers mm. um as opposed to people who create culture which is untrue and i think we've since <laughs> proved that time and time again absolutely but people kind of just overlook it it's like you know what what's out there right it's a it's a very interesting thing um i've come to know chicago very well mm -hmm. and it's literally one of the best countries uh best cities in the country right but I do feel like if you live on the coast or in the south, you don't really have an idea of what Chicago is, mm -hmm. what the culture of Chicago is, and what there really is to the city, right? right? Yeah. So with that being said, when it comes to hip-hop, what do you think this, the sound of Chicago hip-hop is and the culture of Chicago hip-hop particularly? Um, I think, you know, if, if you go back and look like the first iterations of it, there was kind of like the city was kind of fragmented. It was like you had different pockets of people doing stuff on different sides of town you know obviously you had the the common family the common no id yeah um twilight tone doug infinite family tree andy c who are all like on the the south side more of the soulful loops and soulful chops you know that's where they were chopping up soul samples right and they had their own kind of sound and then like on the west side you had um do or die and twista and, and crucial conflict who kind of had like a um 
a more of a sinister almost type of production on it. But their producer, like, well, not Wild Style for Crucial Conflict, but tr the legendary Trackster did a lot of the production for Twista and Do or Die. He's actually from the South Side, but he, like, became, I'd say, mostly famous for doing West um, the, the West Side production. Yeah. And those are, like, the two kind of sounds of Chicago. So Which is interesting, yeah. and the South Side guy was prominent in establishing a sound for the West Side. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. But it is cool. But that's that's the deeper you get into it, you you know, you find out how all these things are kind of correlated. But right. um, you know, I, I think the good thing about the Midwest and, and Chicago in general is since we are in the middle of the map, so to speak, we were able to pull sounds and um, you know, ideas from different parts of the country without having to like sound like them or try to be like them. Like, sure. you know, you could kind of be in the middle and watch everything. So there's obviously West coast G funk elements in some of this stuff. And there's East coast scratching right. and, 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 and sampling and production, like in, in the mix of, you know, even when like the drill stuff happened, like that was kind of more, um, a derivative of like marching band or uh, from the South, like Southern marching bands or um, even like uh, Waka Flocka and Gucci Mane because that's what was like being played on the radio nonstop yeah. before the drill scene took off. So like that even kind of had a Southern, they put a Chicago spin on the Southern sound in a way, but like, um, you know, it was just, you could pull from everywhere and that's what was good about the, you know, Chicago. It's interesting because even when I think back to what I know about the different artists that have come out of the city, like you said, with Common and No ID with the Soul Sound, with you know the West Side guys having a little bit more of that sinister sound, and then eventually uh, graduating or developing the drill scene in Chicago and things of that nature. Like you could even the Kanye era. Like you can literally yeah. pinpoint you know different sounds from the city depending on which years yeah. you yeah. you look at mm -hmm. and focus on. So it's really kind of hard to almost say, well, this is the sound of Chicago mm -hmm. when everybody in Chicago is coming with different sounds. Yeah, every, every few years it was, you know, it was different. It was, you know, early days you had the no ID Traxter stuff. Um, then you had like Wild Style and then uh, of who was the, you know, a group member of Crucial Conflict who, who produced all their early stuff. And then you go five years later and you have, um, you know, the, the Kanye era. And yeah. Soundtrack, who did, you know, a lot of Lupe Fiasco's albums, he was kind of, you know, he had his own thing going. And and, and then you had um, Chuck English, who was actually from Detroit, but like, you know, made his bones in Chicago and kind of got known right. here as part of the cool kids, like his sound and like what Mano was doing. Um, you know, that was kind of like that, that, that mid 2000 sound. And then five years later, you have Young Chop and, and, um, you know, DJ L who, you know, and L sound really is the one that kind of has become the, what drill sounds like going to London or going to New York, New York drill kind of, I would say took more from DJ L than it did Young Chop. Right. Um, but then you also have like the save money sound, you know, uh, with Vic Mensa and Chance the Rapper and, 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 and other guys like Mick Jenkins and Saba. And there was just like so much, you know, even no name, with, all this different stuff going on. Even within that group that you just mentioned, let's say Vic, Chance and No Name. To me, the three of them have, have individuality. They yeah, sound they're all different. different. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's really interesting. I wanted to go back to what you said a second ago with just, uh, let's fast forward a little bit to the drill sound and the yeah. drill culture. And we all know that at, I would say nationwide, it got popular with Chief Keef. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's developed from there. I know that a lot of people from other cities have started, started to adopt it. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you feel that Chicago feels about other cities doing the Chicago drill sound? I mean, I think it's always a bone of contention, right? I think <laughs> yeah. some people you ask, they're not happy about it. They don't like it. I think, you know, you have people that in 
Chicago didn't like drill. They thought it gave, you know, the city a black eye and the sound was, it was negative and it pushed a negative agenda. For so sure. you all, I mean, even when that came out, like a lot of, um, a lot of people didn't like that and like what it represented. So, I mean, you have that on one hand and then you have other people who are like, look, all these other cities and country. Now you can go to, there's Italian drill and there's, yeah, and there's Irish drill. Seriously. There's like, there's people all over yeah. the world that are, that are like, have made this sound. And it's like, I think some people are like proud and like think it's cool that something that started here with a, you know, a guy named Pac-Man and like, who was part of like King Louis crew. Pac-Man was also, um, down with the LEP Bogus Boys, if you Ooh. remember them. Okay. Um, a, a dope, a super dope group from Chicago. But um, I think you also have people that are like, man, we don't get the credit. We're not getting the credit for this. It's blown up. People like, are just doing it. London is maybe getting more credit for it, or New York is getting more credit for it. Like, they, you know, they, so I think a lot of people just want the Chicago to get the credit and want the forefathers who created that sound, who kind of opened the doors for that uh, to be recognized as the innovators. So you mentioned a couple of them with Pac-Man, but who, who do you consider to be the forefathers of the drill sound? Um, I mean, obviously Pac-Man was the one that kind of coined the term. Um, I, and he passed away before um, he even he didn't even get to see it flourish right. in that way and see what it became. Um, but obviously, King Louis, you know, King Louis was like the, the really the first one that, Shout that I, I think that kicked the door down. Um, and then you have Keith, you know, Chief Keith, who comes in, who just takes it, you know, completely global, who, who blew up, you know, and Louis and all those guys blew up, too. But like Keith really like, yeah. you know, it, it just went it just went super crazy and, and he kind of became the face of it. But then there was a little Dirk and little Reese and. Herb, G Herbo and Lil Bibby and mm -hmm. you know, there's countless others. And I, I hate to say, cause I'll, I'll forget somebody and somebody's yeah, gonna get mad at sure. me. Um, but at that at that period, those were like the, the people that I think were, that the industry was focusing on. Like when 2012 happened and every A&R in the, in the industry is calling me, every manager, every agent, everybody was calling me trying to figure out how to get, you know, some of the Chicago sauce or figure out a way that, you know, they could sign somebody from here. So to your point about it being a point of contention as well, I read a quote, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but or just reword it a little bit. But Lupe Fiasco had a quote that I read where he said, um, Chief Keith scares me. And this might have been during that time period. And then he said, not Chief Keith, the person, but that scene and what it represents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we talk about like some people are saying, hey, this is a little too much. Yeah. You know, there's been people that have died behind this music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And at the same time, balancing that with just being proud that it is from a, a sonic perspective. Yeah. You know, it's been innovative and it's put the city on the map in that way. Like, you know, how, how do you balance those two? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's really the, the hard part about it. It's like, you know, you're happy that this thing has blown up and these artists all get a chance to go nationwide. But, you know, there is a dark cloud around it. And it's like, how how do you find the balance? I don't know. It's, it's difficult, man. And, you know, I think the, the hope was always like once people get on. Um, and, and can help other people like perhaps it'll get better. Yeah, for and, sure. you know, but it's, you know, it's, it just spread. I, and I think the, the, the interesting thing about drill was um, everybody wanted a piece of it. Like everybody wanted Chief Keef. Like, and I, and I take it back to, um, you know, the top of 2012 when every label was like, man, if you can get me Chief Keef, we'll give you a fake short drive record label. Or we'll, oh, wow. we'll make you a VP of A&R here. We'll give right. you this position. And it seemed like once they were able to get him with Interscope, you know, Interscope was the, the label that had enough money to kind of sign him and give him the money that he was looking for. for he sure. had that rumored $6 million record deal. Um, but I think there was, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that was exactly what he got or how it right. was. I think it was that's what the base. rumors were. That's what the rumors were. Yeah, that's yeah. what was reported. But, um, you know, and I think once he put out his album, Finally Rich, which came out at the end of 2012, 
Um, and it did well, but it didn't do like blockbuster right. numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the industry kind of backed off after they saw that and like the negative publicity around it. And they saw that maybe it didn't sell like this crazy way. They kind of like backed away. Yeah. And it felt like the labels were not going to invest anymore in drill. And it kind of like went underground yeah. for years. And it, like it lived almost... Yeah. On the dark web. It was still very popular, but it wasn't getting like mainstream coverage or right. mainstream attention. Or coverage, right, right. Or play the videos, or any of that. Yeah. The videos were getting millions of views. The songs were getting millions of streams. And then it just kind of started popping up in other markets. Yeah. Um, and that's, why I think, maybe why people, some of these people don't know that it originated in Chicago. Yeah, for sure. I want to ask you just for, and I don't want to stay on this for too long, but I do want to hit this last point. Mm -hmm. Just the street scene in Chicago, the gang culture in Chicago, um, its influence on the music, not just in the city, but when other people come here. You know, we've heard stories about, uh, I've heard stories particularly about Rick Ross coming to Chicago, and they're like, hey, you know, you got to chill out on some of the talk you're talking. And, you know, there's stories about, you know, guys had to meet up with Rick Ross and maybe have some conversations about how we're going to represent and talk about, mm -hmm. you know, people coming out of Chicago. What do you think Chicago's influence has been musically within the city and across hip hop with the street influence and some of the gang culture that's been a part of the city? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I try not to speak to the street stuff too much just because I'm not a street guy. And, For sure. You know, I think a lot of times. And that's why I wanted to see yeah. it in, in the music space. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think a lot of times people want to get in and talk about that stuff and they don't know anything about it. Exactly. They create problems for people that are in it. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be somebody in the middle of that. But um, I do think the history of Chicago, you know, it goes back to the gang culture of Chicago goes back to the mob era in, in, in Al Capone. I think anybody logically will tell you that. I mean, it's, it's a mob city. There's a lot of gang. There's been, it's a gangster city yeah. period. Um, so there, I think even going back to like when, you know, the mob controlled music or had a strong uh, stranglehold on radio and, and these different record labels and they were running rackets doing that. I think it's always been an element. I think there's always been an underbelly in music, no matter what. And, and kind of no matter where, but it like, I think it's even, you know, it, it can be a little crazier here yeah. just because there's a lot of different elements and different people in, involved. Um, and it's been, it's been funny to watch how like other markets emulate it. Mm. So, you know, when I, when I start fake short drive, it's like, you have like four big stars from here, but then there's other people and they're just begging pay attention to us. You know, these people in New York, put us on a double XL cover, mm -hmm. give us a, not to say the artists were begging, but like people just needed a shot here. Yeah. And it felt like nobody was paying attention. Um, and, it, and and then it's like, all of a sudden you flip a coin one day and everybody wants to be from Chicago. Everybody's like incorporating yes. these, 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 these different Chicago elements in their, in their music and their style of dress and their the slang. slang and everything. I saw a post. It wasn't too long ago. It might've been within the last year or some, maybe two years. I'm not sure, but I literally saw a post where Wallow, you know, he does million dollars mm -hmm. worth of game. And he had did a post one time. He was saying like, yo, Chicago has become Philadelphia's big brother, big cousin, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? In terms of like the influence and the music and in the streets and in the culture. And it's very interesting because earlier in our conversation, we were talking about Chicago being overlooked for so much time. And now Chicago is in a space where it's kind of influenced the world yeah. and not just musically, but we're just talking about in every way possible through hip hop. Yeah. I mean, it's almost part of the air now. Yeah. And so like, and when I, when I say that, I mean like you don't even realize it. Like we know that. Yes. We live here. We're from here. We 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 know like where the slang and everything you know derive from. But like other people don't even know because it's been it's we're ten years right. in from really when I think that 
you know, that 2012, 2013 era when you have like, you know, Keith on one side and Chance on the other, like exploding, just, it just brought so much different, like local culture uh, to the masses and the slang went with it. And so yeah. like now it's like, we know where it came from, but other people just, it's just part of their repertoire now. Like they right. don't even, don't, they even, don't even know where realize it started here. And people are like, yo, it came from up, but it's like, yo, it's just part of the air now. Exactly. It's like, it's like, and that, that, that happens. Let me ask you this, man. 50 years of hip hop. Yeah. Uh, what would you consider were some of the best Chicago moments within that 50 years of hip hop? Man. Um, I'm sure there's a lot, but what's, what's some of the ones that come to mind? <laughs> um, you know, I think I think a couple people that I, I would like to recognize as far as like just their longevity in the game and kicking doors down for Chicago and, the, and kind of the Midwest in general, Twista and sure. Common. I mean, those dudes really put it down for the city in a time when, you know, um, people weren't, this was kind of considered a house market, a house yeah. music market, right? Yep. They didn't, they weren't really focused on rap here. Like those dudes had to walk the alleys, you know, the dark alleys and, and fight the good fight. No ID and, and Traxter and, and, and a lot of those people, Twilight Tone and, and these different people, like they had to really, you know, get out here and, and, and put on. And it's yeah. like, they, they had, they were walking through like the jungle with the machete, cutting <laughs> the branches down. So and everybody then, could come behind. Yes. Yeah, so everybody could come behind mm -hmm. them. And then For like, sure. so, so you have that. And then, um, you know, of, of course, like what Do or Die did in, in Crucial, and DeBrat, I think a lot of people forget DeBrat was here, first female uh, rapper to go platinum. And I think that's partially because when she came out to the masses, you know, came out under Jermaine Dupree, a lot of people thought she was coming out from Atlanta. Everybody thought she was from Atlanta, yeah. right? Um, and so you have people like that, and that's, and that's good. And then, you know, I think, obviously, um, depending on what you think, you know, regardless of what you think about Kanye now and what he said, there, there's no denying his impact and what he did. I mean, Absolutely. I think, I think um, being on the ground and being able to see that from its inception to like fast forward to, you know, 2010, 2011, when uh, Dark Fantasy, my beautiful twisted Dark Fantasy album comes out. And then you got like, watch the throne right then. Like, so just being here in that era to see that, see the, you know, the two nights of watch the throne here where they played Paris, you know, nine times and, and, um, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. and, and just being, being a part of that and seeing Jay-Z and, and Kanye hanging out backstage at the United center and having these part, having a party sponsored by Garrett and, 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 um, and Harold's and, and, and seeing that and seeing how the echo, you know, opened up the ecosystem here. And then, you know, being on the ground level for, um, like the 2012 era for King Louie and Chief Keef and, and watching their rise. Um, and then being there when Chance the Rapper won his first Grammy right. and, he, and he shouted me out like he when he got it. So like, he did, you know, bro. just being able to, to I was see. I that Grammys too. Yeah, 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 that was like that was like one of the best days of my life for sure. Explain that feeling because everything that we've talked about in your contribution to Chicago hip hop, and then chances on that stage at the Grammys yeah. and shouts you out and for everything that you've done, like what what is that feeling? Oh like? man, I was just like I was so overcome with emotion and joy. Like I was like trying not to cry. Like I was seriously <laughs> like I mean that's the ultimate like that is the ultimate like. And regardless of what you think about the Grammys, if you like them or you don't like yeah, them, sure. it's a it's a huge honor to be recognized on on that stage. And for him doing it, and that's dope for you. And the way he did it, because remember the whole thing at that time was, hey, I'm doing these free mixtapes. Yeah, it was, and they had to you know create a whole lane for him to even be in that space. And, and for the Grammys, I, I've I've been on I'm back on the Grammy board, so I've been off and on the Grammy board for the past decade plus. Um, at Chicago, I actually wrote the. Um, the you know got the the bill or whatever started with the Grammys to get it passed so streaming artists only 
could um, be up for nomination because yeah. before prior to that, like you couldn't you could not be nominated if it was just streaming only. Right. So Chance like changed the game. So like the the law changes that year, he gets nominated and he wins three. And I'm in the house for it. And yeah. then I get to, you know, I get shouted out when he's on stage. And then we get to go to the after party and like everybody in the music industry is yeah. there. Everybody is yeah. there. And it was probably the best party. I'm not going to lie. Probably the best party. <laughs> and I've been to some good parties. That's probably the best party I've ever been to in my life. But, but it was just, it was just, it's just great to see that you feel justified and you feel like, man, you know, like I really helped change something. Absolutely. I was a part of it. I can't take the credit, say I did X, Y, and Z, but like just to be part of this scene and, and to have helped people and, and see people flourish on that level. It's just, it's, it's so rewarding. And you saying that made me want to touch on this. I know we're talking hip hop, but I want to uh, touch base on Jay Ivy really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Ivy, poet on Kanye's album, College Dropout, and also with the Grammys, yeah. was able to uh, create the poet category, and he won a Grammy yeah. for best poet in his past year's Grammys. Another Chicagoan, kind of changing the the, the the rules a little bit yeah. and making no, it happen he did for it. Other people. Yeah, he did. I mean, I yeah. I watched him call his shot with that. Funny enough, before he was even involved with the Grammys, he called me one day. He's like, I, he was like, Andrew, I know you're involved with the Grammys. Um, how can I? How can we fix this? this uh yeah you know this spoken word thing because like every year it's somebody you know that's not really a spoken word artist winning it's somebody with an audiobook or whatever mm -hmm. um so i'm like man you know what you, you should be involved in this anyway so then i got him in and he just kept rising it's like he was just like a a missile within the yeah he's, the Grammy. he's for real dude he's for real like he's he, for and real. he's he's like one of the most like driven dedicated people like that i've ever met as far as like he he called a shot, man, and, yeah. and, and he made it happen. And like sometimes you could just see people like you're like, okay, he's gonna do it. Yeah, and he did it. Like That's I knew he was up. gonna do it, and he did it. So it's just shout out to Jay, man. Absolutely. All right. Um, last question I think I have for you: Where do you see Chicago when it's all said and done, and we're looking at the great landscape of hip hop? Where do you see Chicago on that landscape? Man, I, I think I think it's undeniable at this point. Yeah. Right. So we go back 15, 16 years ago when I started Fake Shore Drive. It was like, man, it was. It just felt like we, it was so overlooked and people didn't care. Now it's like, dude, think of all the Chicago. Okay, so from, I want to say from like 07 to 2012, like no Chicago artist got signed. Um, I think YP got signed around around there and Jeremiah did, but he was R&B. Mm -hmm. So you had like a five-year run where like no artists were getting signed out of Chicago. It's pretty crazy for the yeah. third biggest city. For the third largest right? city and in that, the country. That's nuts. And I think the cool kids were doing something really cool, and a lot of these people were doing something cool on the indie side. But I'm talking about when did they, you know, you had this big influx of, of artists, um, you know, around the Kanye time. Lupe and Twista and Comp. Like, they're, they're, they're killing it. They're yeah. all going golden and platinum. Huge hit. Then it gets quiet. And it was like, man, why are, why, what's going on? Why aren't people paying attention? And then it just explodes. And there's been like 50 artists signed probably since then. Since right. like 2012, it's like, there's just new stars coming all the time. So it was like, all right, we kind of had to just help build the scene for the next generation and actually put some infrastructure here. And it worked, it helped. Yeah. And it's to the point now, there's other companies, there's other, in, like, you know, there, there's the next generation of, of fake short drives and, and people doing that. And, and it's cool to see, because it's like, you got to, you know, people pave the way for me to be able to come do what I do. Mm -hmm. and so you always have to tip your hat and pay respect to them. I think that's 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 super important. And always give it up to the to the vets and the people that, that paved the way. I think that I think that that's probably my favorite thing just in general about hip hop fifty is a lot of these um bigger artists that get a lot of the love and accolades, they're kind of taking a step back to let 
a lot of these other people like get their shine, like yeah. the well-deserved shine, like the one that they did in, in New York recently where they had Run DMC yes. and Slick Rick and LL Cool J. Like, oh, yeah, a lot of these people do get their accolades, but it's cool to see them really put on that on that pedestal. They were really put on that pedestal, like you said, this year, and it is good to see. I hope it continues, though. Yeah, yeah Because sure. I really don't like the divide between the, the younger and the older hip-hop artists, mm -hmm. and people tend to forget about And I'm like, nah, man, we got to really make sure that we're holding these artists up. And, you know, we're you know showing love and respect to them even in their later years because everybody, somebody has to, to make the path. And everybody's going to, if you're lucky, you're everybody's going to get old. Exactly. Right? If you're lucky, exactly. there is no, exactly. you cannot do anything about it. You are eventually, and I, and I laugh at people because I try to, you know, I always show love and I'm not a person that ever hates on the next generation. Right. Whether I like the music, the, like the particular music or not, I, I will always give an ear and, and give advice where I can. But it's like, yo, I, it's like you watch people and it's like, you know, I remember being that age. I remember seeing this. I mean, you will get older too. So yes. don't get all oh, these old people want to. It's like, oh, you're you're gonna be there one day too if you're lucky. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and I and I, that's something that I definitely hope that, like you said, I hope people continue to, you know, show hom pay homage to the people that came before them because we stand on on their shoulders. Like absolutely, for, you know, for sure. Um, I think that's important. I did say last question, last question, no, go. but here's my last question. I want people to know who should people be looking at right now and looking forward to coming out of Chicago hip hop in the years to come. Oh, oh that's a tough one, man. There's a lot of, there's so many, there's so many, there's so many artists now. It's like, every time I do this, somebody gets mad at me because they, they, right? they didn't get shouted out. But, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's, um, you know who's really killing it in Chicago? Like, there's this whole crop of female artists, like from Mellow Bucks. Like, they're 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 like running it. They're running Fendi the rapper. Like, they're running circles around people right now. Okay. They're really dope. Um, you know, I like Banlan Z, Kill Carter. Um, you know, I still work with Valet. Um, I love him. Um, I don't know. Did I say Banlan Z's? I like yeah, him. Yeah. I like um, Manny Jordan. He's dope. Um, Rico Shy's a, a new guy coming out of here that's dope. Brittany Carter, uh, she's Shout she's super dope. Yeah. Um, who else do I like coming out of here? This, oh man, you put me on the spot. <laughs> the people gotta know. Yeah, don't, if you're gonna continue the tradition of supporting Chicago hip hop, yeah, they gotta know who to support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, just pay attention. Just watch. Just watch what I'm talking about. But there, but there's a lot. And and even like, um, let's not forget about the people that are currently active. Um, that are out here, um, you know, still, still, still grinding, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo, Andrew Barber, Fake Shore Drive. Make sure you go to the website and support everything you're doing. You still got the show on Sirius XM yep, and yep, all that yep, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, every, else, yeah, what else can they check you out? Um, every, every Sunday night on uh, Sirius XM, we, we do a show called The Drive. Uh, shout out to uh, some guy named Ty. Uh, Tyron Howard, who I've worked with for many years, uh, he DJs the first hour. And then for the second hour, we have a guest DJ from a different region around the Midwest come in and play like what's hot in their market. Nice. So we have different people come in uh, from Cleveland, Minneapolis, Detroit. Um, you whole know, Midwest. Whole Midwest. That's what we try to hold it down for. And we've almost had that show on for 10 years. So it's, it's a blessing to still be on. Um, you know, I, I do the new Chicago playlist for Apple Music, uh, which is, you know, um, a, a fun thing where we try to, you know, show love to the artists here that are that are you know that don't get the playlist love maybe elsewhere for sure we want to make sure we we give them a showcase and, and put a spotlight on them that is an official apple playlist <laughs> um but a lot of stuff coming man you know 
Fake Short Drive Records. We're gonna start. We're gonna be putting out some okay. some, some material, that's some albums. Right. So that's yeah, only right for yeah. You to a so that's, label. that's what we got. That's what we got yeah. coming out next. First release uh, that we just put out was the Valet and Harry Fraud Project uh, about a month ago, and we're we're gearing up to drop a bunch of stuff uh, throughout the the, ne the next year. So it's an exciting time. All right, man. You happy support, to still be doing it? No doubt. You want to support Chicago hip hop, man? Make sure you go to Fake Short Drive. Check out everything they got going on. Andrew Barber, man. Appreciate you sitting down. With yeah, us yeah. Today, thank man. you, man. Thank that's you. What's up? All right. Shout out to Hip Hop Wire. Shout out to my guy uh, Aqua over there as well. You already Thank you. know. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. Still at it. Witness the History Podcast. Kyle Santillian here. HipHopWire.com. And we're talking about Chicago. Chicago's influence on hip hop. Chicago's um, just contribution to hip hop and everything about Chicago and hip hop. And I'm happy to say right now I got a brother in the studio right now who's been very much a part of Chicago and its hip hop and its contribution. You know, he's done his thing from getting started with the go-getters back in the day. You know, you've seen him rocking out with Kanye West and just expanding the game and just making sure that Chicago and hip hop are forever in sync. My brother GLC is in the building. Oh, love and respect. Is bro. How yeah. you feeling, man? Man, I feel too blessed to be stressed, too annoying to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh <laughs> He always come with the isms. I'm grateful, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Before we even get into everything else, man, tell me about ism and what it means to you, what it represents when you when you say it. Well, the ism is just simply inspiring self-motivation. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like the uh, fire to the fuse for you to get up and get, get to it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, if you apply the ism to school, like, say you in college and you applying the ism, Man, you gonna go from wherever you at to being on the dance list. You know what I'm saying? Because the ism just it 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 uh it comes with reaching the top of whatever it is you aspire to do. You know what I'm sure. saying? If you wanna uh, be a hooper, you are gonna go to the league. You use that ism. You know what I'm saying? You wanna be uh, a cook, you gonna go from working the drive through or dipping the fries to sous chef, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just an uh, amazing thing, you know? Taking you, it as far as you can take it. Church on the move. I hear that. Yes, I sir. Hear that. All right. So let's get into it, man. We're talking Chicago. We're talking hip-hop. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned just a second ago, man, you getting started with the Go-Getters. Absolutely. Give me the year and everybody that was a part of the Go-Getter movement. Oh, man. So the Go-Getter movement was... Uh, it was kind of like the second part of our start. Prior okay. to the Go-Getters, we were the Chicago Outfit. That's what okay. we called ourselves, the Outfit. And that consisted of uh, myself, Kanye West, uh, my man uh, Aerostar, and uh, Timmy G. Nice. And then from there, um, John Monopoly became my manager, and he came with a cooler name. You know, he was like Go-Getters, because yeah. that's what we was. You know, we was young. We was getting to it. Uh, we was working on our music, but you know, we was getting money too. So he uh, was like, man, y'all some go-getters. And it just kind of stuck, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And with that being said, that that was uh, myself, Kanye West, uh, Aerostar, Timmy G. And then we, we was a crew too, really though. He was a part of it. And you know, uh, Kanye had this thing called Con Man Production, mm -hmm. which also had Mickey Halstead, it had uh, Bugs the Beast, who's one of the top producers in the game right Ooh. now. Uh, Shayla G, 
who else did we have? Twine Gabs, he was there. May he rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was a it was a host of people, man. That was a part of that thing. It was a dude from the West Side named Chaos, and he was coming with it too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what year? What year are we talking about? Man, that might have been like, whew, like maybe like ninety five, ninety six, something okay. like that. Long time ago, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Talk to me about your early influences that wanted you to even be a part of hip-hop. Oh, man. Uh, well, what made me want to be a part of hip-hop was I was a shorty. See, uh, I was born not when hip-hop was born, but, you know, a few years later I yeah. came into the world, and it was always in my household, you know what I'm saying? I would hear Sugar Hill Gang. I would hear, uh, I would hear Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, mm -hmm. Melly Mel. I would hear songs like White Line, Curtis Blow, These Are the Breaks. Yeah. I would hear, man, this is like the beginning, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, it, it was just a host of music. Like the 80s mainly is what inspired me, like EPMD, uh, NWA, Eric B. and Rakim, uh, Big Daddy Kane. And, and at the beginning, I didn't really hear too many Chicago artists. It was mainly like New York, you right. know, was the main thing I was hearing. And later I got the Ghetto Boys, you know, A-Ball and MJG. Sure. Just like all the pioneers, the gladiators that was at the beginning. Like UGK, when I heard them, Pocket Full of Stones, I was like, Man, I think this is something I want to do because I saw all these rappers didn't seem like they had to work a nine to five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, and they had beautiful, they had beautiful women. Right. They had the illest jewelry. Right. They had the coldest cars you could possibly drive. For sure. And they did it with their mouthpiece over a beat. Right. I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I got influenced early, man. Yeah, for sure. But, but as the Chicago scene began to rise. I saw Twister. I saw Mr. Tongue Twister because it was this uh, station called A Box. And with The Box, I think you pay like a dollar a song to hear like what you want to box, hear. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Video Music Box. Video Music Box. So, so we was listening to The Box. We was paying to hear the, the songs and this and that. And man, Twister, he was on there. Crucial Conflict was on there. Common was on there. Mm -hmm. Do a Die was on there. It was like groups from Chicago on TV made us feel like that we could possibly do it too. For sure. When the music was spreading through the streets of Chicago, mm -hmm. um, aside from Video Music Box, yeah. what were some of the outlets that you would hear music on? Where, what stations or yeah. other stations, underground yeah. stations, college stations, like who was playing the music for everybody to get back then? WKKC, uh, WBMX, DJ Ferris, he was on both of those. That was Kennedy King College. And then there was another station called WHBK. WHBK was at the University of Chicago. And I think it was every like Wednesday or Thursday, they'd do like an hour of hip hop. And it would be local Chicago rappers. And like when we was the outfit, when we was the go-getters, we was we would love to go to WHBK because not only would they play your song, you would be able to freestyle and rap on the radio. Yeah. And anybody who was really like a head that was really into the hip hop thing, 
they they was tuning in. So like when you go to the club or whatever, like the following day or on the weekend, everybody coming up to you, giving you props, talking about they heard you on HBK, and that really meant something, man. Yeah. And then um, it was a uh, 106 Jams here too. It was this dude named Pink House. Okay. He was like one of the top radio DJs and club DJs, and he used to play local Chicago artists too. So it was just beautiful, man, when you could go to the studio. You know, like how nowadays you could do your song and you can upload it and the whole world could hear it. Right. Just to be able to get on those radio stations back then was everything to us. Yeah. yeah. You talked about um, some of the influences that you had when you were just, like, listening to hip-hop as a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some of the artists were coming out of um, New York. Some were coming out of Texas. Yeah. Some were coming out of the South. The DLC out of Texas. Man, he was DLC something special. Was, man, listen. Yeah. I, I feel you. The whole rap a lot was yeah. special like it was something special down there so when you're talking about at that time when yeah. uh, it wasn't too many Chicago artists out yeah what do you think geographically you know what I'm saying like how did that play into Chicago maybe not having any artists out at that time man you know what even if we didn't have artists out on TV uh, we had a local scene going on okay and uh, I remember back in the day at the amphitheater, that was like on 40, maybe 47th and Halsted. Uh, it used to be these concerts. They used to call it the folks concerts because <laughs> the uh, growth and development, they sponsored these concerts. They the ones that put it together. Mm-hmm. That was a street organization here in okay. Chicago. And uh, they would bring in the likes of MC Light, Too Short, Big Daddy Kane. All the rappers was getting booked by this this company or this organization and you can go to these concerts but it will be you'll be have a probably a much better time if you was aligned with who was throwing the concert you know what i'm saying so so and then and then you will have local artists opening up like uh ocu they was really cold mm-hmm. anytime you got to see twister perform though it was just like you just couldn't believe that somebody could rap that fast yeah. and be on beat and, and like dress cool as hell and just be on it. You know what I'm saying? Then we had groups like Psychodrama, who was, man, Nuisance, uh, Buck, Inside. They was off the chain. Uh, we had groups like uh, The Snipers. Uh, like the West Side, it was just, they, they had a lot, a lot of uh, really dope artists. But the crazy part about it is the West Side sound came from a brother from the South Side, yeah. a legendary trackster. He was the dude that made all the beats. The you know what I'm right? Yeah, he was on the East Side over in, uh, uh, I think he was in Pactown. Okay. Yep. So let's stay there for a second, man, because uh, I want to talk about a little bit of maybe the influence that Chicago's had on the game Yeah. that hasn't, and Chicago hasn't gotten the recognition for it. Yeah. So let's talk about when Twister came in the game. You know what I mean? He's rapping fast. He's Mr. Tongue Twister. Yeah, yeah. Get his book of world records and yeah. all that. And even now, if you go back to the early 90s, there were a lot of artists that came after that that was spitting fast. Oh, yeah, you yeah. You got the Fushnigans. You got yeah. the old freestyle videos when Jay-Z was doing the fast Oh, style. yeah, he like, was doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So when, they, he was, so, when he was on that song with Original Flavor, yeah, he was going you know super I mean? fast. Even, yeah. um, even Jigga What, Jigga Who. Yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. What I'm so, but I don't know if in the moment at that time, yeah. Twister or Chicago was getting the recognition for having maybe kicked that off. Well, man, in Chicago, it's crazy because... That rapping style, like rapping in trips, because yeah. that's like do 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 do, as opposed to boom. 
bap, boom, boom, bap. It right. was in threes as opposed to fours. So that's how a lot of us talk too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I would say on a uh, spaceship song that I did with A, I didn't even try to work a job, represent the mob at the same time. Thirsty on the grind, shot state of mind. Lost my mama, lost, lost my, my mind. mind. That's yeah. in trips. That's one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. But. If I was talking to you regular, I would be like, man, I didn't even try to work a job, represent the mob at the same time. <laughs> like, it was just how we talked, you know? And then the soundtrack was the beats that Trackster was laying, that uh, Wild Style from Crucial Conflict was laying down. And that is a style that's very popular now. Cause mm. I remember I, I put out a song called uh, Honor Me. And I was saying, from zero and zilch to something you feel. When Freddie got killed, I felt nothing but guilt. Two down the crack house and nothing got built. So we just still serving that feel. Now that flow right there, mm -hmm. we was doing that in Chicago in the 90s. Yeah. Now, you listen to that flow, it's very popular in the music business now. I mean, and, and we can't take the all the credit for it because, you know, 3-6 Mafia, they they was doing it. Right. Um, like, like the Memphis sound, you know, and trips. But I think it was more like a Midwestern type thing. For Bone sure. Thugs and Harmony, they mm -hmm. was doing it. You know what I'm saying? But this city, when it came to that... Man, it was just like it was. It was more than just what you was hearing. It's something that you felt. Understood. You know what I'm saying? Like when you heard "Twister" and "Do It Down," Pope Pimp. Man, you just felt that. You felt like you was in the backseat of that caddy with them. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? For sure. So I mean, it was really that good. I think one time uh, I, I was sitting down with Wild Style. He told me something about that, uh, like even Timberland, like with the trips, like in some of his production was influenced by like Wild Style and uh, Crucial Conflict and what mm. they was doing. I hear that. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So, so it, would you say that Chicago has a style or Chicago has a sound? And before you answer that, yeah. I just feel like over time, there's been so many different artists that have come out of the city that honestly sound different yeah. coming from the same city. So are you able to identify Chicago sound within all of that? Well, I think what it is is you can identify the Chicago lingo and the mm. language prior to it being the internet. Because like with the internet, I think it's a beautiful thing. But what it did was like when I was coming up, music was more regional. Right. Like when I heard, huh, like Juvie now, that's how they talk. Right. When I heard uh, guys from the East Coast, like New York, Queensbridge, and Son, and Dunn, yeah, and that, yeah. you know what I'm saying, word to my mother, you know what I'm saying, that's how they talk. Right. Then I heard uh, California, like, what's happening, Loke? Like, talking like that, that's just what they did. But now, with the internet, everybody's growing up together, and all the slang is, like, you don't know what reason it came from. Right. Or you might not even know where artists is from. Right. It was certain things that we said, like on Drive Slow, when I said, uh, Kanye say, my cars like the movies, my cars like the crib. I got more TVs in here than where I live. Now don't make no sense. Baby, I'm the shit. And everything I flick, you know, it's some serious. Flicking right. is a Chicago term. Mm -hmm. And we didn't say serious, we said serious. serious right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we referred to uh, like cars. We didn't say car. We, right. we, we didn't pronounce the R's. It was car. Right. You know what I'm saying? That was Chicago at the time. But now, like the internet and everybody growing up together, a lot of people talk the same. 
You know You're what I'm right. saying? You're right. I was just, um, I was speaking to Andrew Barber, and I was yeah. just referring to yeah. an Instagram post that Wallow had posted. Yeah. It may have been about a year or so ago. I'm not sure how long ago it was. And Wallow being from Philadelphia, yeah. he was say, in the post, he was saying, hey, like right now for Philadelphia, like Chicago is like the big brother. Wow. And I think where he was referring to is, you know, how popular the music is coming out of Chicago is influencing Absolutely. other cities like Philadelphia. So when it comes to the sound of the music, when it comes to the sound of the, uh, like you said, the lingo and the slang. Yeah, yeah. You know, and to your point, everybody on the internet is able to share whatever their sound is yeah. to everyone. Absolutely. And it gets adapted in other places. Absolutely, because, you know, the youth is hearing it, doing De developmental stages, you know what I'm saying? And right now, Chicago, man, we got the whole world calling people goofies, you know, goof ass, you know, <laughs> like, I literally said to someone like not too it, long ago, you know I, said, I said, yo, the whole goofy thing is a Chicago slang. Oh, absolutely. And they wanted to argue with me saying like, no, we've been saying that, but I don't think y'all been saying it as long as Chicago has. Well, the thing is, a lot of times, man, um, I think people tend to operate from their level of understanding or information. For sure. And that's what forms a person's perspective. They may not know. They might have been born in the 90s. We've been saying it since the 80s. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was just a part of growing up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So just based upon them not knowing, it's good that you tried your best to educate <laughs> them. But if they want to go back and forth with you, you know you know the truth. <laughs> you, sure. you know the truth is For the sure. truth. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and as you said, like how you just told me what Wallow said as far as the big brother thing, um, I look at Chicago currently right now as the big brother to the whole everything because, uh, man, the youth, they developed a sound here that was, you know, it was like an extension of sounds that we may have heard in the past, like what Trackster was doing in the 90s, um, what a lot of the producers in the South was doing. But Chicago found a way to develop these basic elements that they may have gotten from other regions or from the past, I would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, they developed the whole sound that became a culture, like the whole drill thing. It, yeah. it like took over the whole world, you know? And the thing with it, I remember when we were shorties, we always wanted the city to get like just proper representation and get it shine on. But uh, we did not, uh, we wish that we could have got it minus the, the cost of it. The cost was all the youth that we've lost over the years from like back and forth on, on these type of records. Right. Now, the, like certain records that I hear that's like guilty pleasures that I just love. It sound really good to me. I just wish that a lot of the artists that was making it was still here, mm -hmm. you know? Because uh, I never was one, you know how they'd be like, the old generation, the new generation, this and that. I never wanted to separate myself from the culture by any means, you know what I'm saying? Sure. But I could not be an advocate for genocide at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I yeah. do understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. because you could totally respect sonically absolutely what you hear, absolutely skill set production, rhymes, the, whatever you want to do. The patterns, like, right? it was phenomenal. Right, but yeah. you might not agree with some of the directness and some of the, like you said, the lives that are affected. The outcome. The outcome yeah. of what's being said at times. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. I, you know, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I, mm -hmm. I'll just ask you, 
the city of Chicago, I think at times there are, you know, they're split down the middle in terms of like proud that we have representation. Absolutely. But like you said, uh, it's just the the result of it and some of the some of the deaths that are happening, that side of it, you know, you wish it wasn't there. How do you see the city in terms of how the city is dealing with drill music and the result of it and everything that you just mentioned as a city? Well, um, I feel like um, the drill music, uh, and I, I didn't, I didn't create it. A lot of times, I really don't like. I don't want to be the face of something that uh, I'm not 100% familiar with. But I have a friend who produced the first drill album. His name is Bugs the Beast. He produced it for this dude named Pac-Man, mm-hmm. who's no longer with us. And uh, with that being said, I know that he he's just always been a really dope producer. He done worked with everybody, man, like from Kanye to Drake to everybody. And with that being said, um, I know his heart. I know what his intentions were in producing these records. I, I know that it wasn't like... He he didn't see foresee that we would lose so much of our youth. You know he he didn't foresee that, and um, I man like I I admire I admire anybody who can take a concept, take an idea, and put it over a beat, and it it can change your it can change generations' uh, lives. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But uh, I I still, I, I just find a sense of unease with all the death because uh, our youth, I, I just really would like for them to understand that it ain't no coming back from that. Like uh, having a neighborhood named after you and things of that nature, that's beautiful, you know, but is it worth the price of your life you know what I'm saying that's the only thing that that that, that I think about um but I, I I like the fact that just off of the pain that our youth has been feeling because I felt the same pain by the sure. time I was 18 I lost 16 friends you know through streets yeah. I, I lost them they was gone I was going to funerals eighth grade freshman year it was like a re- it was something that we began to normalize, right. you know? And uh, it wasn't until I left Chicago and began to move around and, you know, we have, you know, we tell stories. You're telling a story and people looking at you like, that's crazy, is it? And you looking at it like, it's normal. This right. is like just how life is. And you start realizing it's not normal for everybody. It was abnormal, yeah. you know what I'm saying? For sure. But um, I think that for all the artists that have been able to capitalize off of it uh, without um, like taking too many losses and those that give back to the community um, and, and those that help give the youth uh, other outlets because see the thing is if the youth had something to do. I remember it used to be summer jobs, right? And I'm really hoping that our new mayor, uh, Brandon, I believe in him. I think this brother's going to be really solid for us. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if we can get these youth jobs back and things for the youth to do, it might 
you know, the subject matter might change a little change, bit. But sure. as long as you're living in these impoverished environments and uh, is, uh, all this, um, uh, like, d- dilapidation and strife and food deserts and all that, man, people going to have attitudes. Understood. It's going to be, you know, you're going to have something to be upset about. So that's, you know, obviously some of the downside of it. Yeah. Let me ask you about some upsides. Absolutely. Okay. Over the past 50 years of hip hop. Yeah. What do you say? What would you say are some of the best Chicago moments over the past 50 years of hip hop? What are some of the best Chicago moments? Some of the best Chicago moments is when uh, I would say when Crucial Conflict went gold, you know, because they had their own sound. They had their own look. And they sound and look was like very unique, even to people in Chicago. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that was amazing to see a group from the West Side go go. Uh, I believe Twister's Adrenaline Rush, I think that went go. Uh, when you first saw Common rapping on BET and then the Cyphers, that was amazing. Um, oh, I got to talk about these. It was this uh, collection of mixtapes that used to come out. You used to get them from the low end. Uh, they was called the Sox Park Mob Tapes. Okay. And they used to be like blue cassettes. And you buy these and you just, it was always a big moment in hip hop. If you was from Chicago and you got one of those tapes and you was able to ride around with this cassette tape in your car. Yeah. Like riding through the hood. Everybody was looking at you like you was one of them guys. So what was on it? Oh, man, it would be like Do or Die, Twister, Local Groups, My Group, The mm-hmm. Go-Getters. We would be on them from time to time. Okay. Like, uh, everybody was making some noise in the city. Like, it was this dude from the uh, gardens named Big Nasty. He was going crazy. There's so many rappers in the city that I, I can't name them all, and I don't want to offend anyone because sure. I love them all, you know what I'm saying? But uh, unfortunately, my memory might not be serving me the best <laughs> at this point to uh-huh. name everybody. But uh, another thing is, uh, man, for me, the biggest moment in Chicago hip-hop, one of the biggest moments is when uh, Kanye was on stage in Tenley Park at the um, World Music Theater, and uh, he got his Rockefeller chain. Got they use it for the video. Yeah, that was huge. And the reason that that was huge was because it showed our generation, which came after the guys that was making it in the 80s and 90s, that, uh, man, we could possibly do it. And we watched them come from being in a group with us, being on the producer and this and that. And, and then- You seen the whole grind. I seen the whole grind. So I, I heard people saying that, he did this, that, and the third. No, when he said, imagine making five beats a day for three summers, he was doing that. I was there. I bear witness to it, you know? Um, that was an amazing moment, but when his album came out, it kind of changed hip-hop at the time. When the college dropout came out, and uh, I was very fortunate to have worked on multiple songs on that record and got to rap on one, on Spaceships. Spaceship. You know you what I'm saying? Crazy on Spaceships. It was life-changing, bro. That was the first time. And the way that that song came, came along was uh, there was a dude in Chicago who was going crazy. His name was Bump J. And I yeah. would hear songs on the radio, and I was like, man, I, I want to get on the radio like Bump. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He was doing his thing. And I, I told Kanye, I was like, man, 
I need a beat, man, so I can get me a song on the radio in Chicago. <laughs> now, at this time, I had did the little, I did an acting part on Jay-Z's Encore album. I was going to ask you about that, but since you want it, go ahead. Yeah, so I had did that in November of 2003, and the album came out like maybe a week later. I probably did it in September, but the album came out in November. So I was a little blowed in the studio, drinking Hennessy, kicking it, <laughs> females was there, and I was in there like, it's star time. Yeah. This man is me. Yeah. I made everybody say Hova, you know what I'm saying? So from that, I was like, yeah, that's cool. So I got a little part on Jay-Z album. I was happy about that. It came out. It was well received. So then I told, yeah, I was like, man, I need me a song on the radio for Chicago. Because mm -hmm. my mind was still just Chicago. I'm in New York City, you right. know, where all the labels at. But I'm thinking about the crib. So uh, we went uh, in a second bedroom, which was a studio, and we just had records, albums out, and uh, Distant Lover, Marvin Gaye is what we came across. Nice. And Yay, man, he made that beat probably in like 20 minutes. That's crazy. And after he made it, I went out in the uh, hallway, well, in a staircase where we used to blow at. I was smoking my smoke. And uh, he came in, he was like, man, what's up with that verse? I was like, man, I just smoked. So I went in there, I did it, he heard it. And next thing you know, I was on the college dropout. And it changed my life, you know what I'm saying? Changed his life and that, that project changed the game. Um, that is a monumental moment Yeah, from Chicago, yeah. but for all of hip hop. Absolutely. There's one thing I don't, Obviously, it's college dropout because it's in the title. Yeah. But just to, I just wanted to acknowledge how I almost felt like that was genius. Yeah. The album is college dropout. Yeah. But the marketing and the groundswell and the support came from colleges. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, was, I was in the gymnasium, North Carolina A&T State it, University. Yes, sir. And Kanye was performing that album. Yeah. It might have been within weeks of it dropping. Yeah. In the gym. Yeah. And, you know, when it, AKA, Step, Alpha, <laughs> yeah. Step, all of that. And to see, like, the, the recognition yeah. that all the black sororities and fraternities were getting on this album. Yeah. And just the groundswell that came up from colleges and black colleges specifically. Yeah. Like, it really was a driving force for that album. Man, it was a blessing, bro. That was our first, like, our first tours was college tours. Yeah. And everywhere we went. We was probably in the same building together that night. Not I even though Had to be. Had yeah. to be. Floetry was, it was Kanye and Floetry. Oh, I was definitely on that ticket. And uh, on the Floetry ticket, I think he also had a little brother, too. Cause mm. like they was like it would be section different parts of the tour where it would be different openers and Floyd was one of the openers. Shout out to Floyd too because nah, I probably can't say it on camera, but <laughs> yeah, I love right, Floyd right. They snap. I love y'all. Y'all did that. But right. yeah, yeah, it was, it was just amazing, man. But a, another major moment in Chicago hip hop. Man, Lupe dropped his album. Yes. That kind of changed the game. I don't think people talk about Lupe as much as they should be. Man, that dude is a legend. Phenomenal. You know, he really can rap. Like, he can do it all. Yes. Any type of style. You know what I'm saying? So, I salute that brother as well. And he super woke. He ain't here ninja. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, he like a real samurai. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Um, Chief Keef, that right there was like, Extremely impactful when Chief Keef, King Louie, uh, Lil Durk, uh, all the the drill rappers early on when yeah. the, when they was going crazy, that was like 
it changed the game. Absolutely. Yep. FGB Duck, man, he rest in peace. Um, King Von, all of the drill rappers. Katie got bands. Oh, Dreezy. Yes. Like, it was girls that was doing it. Chella H. Like, Chicago, been on the females going crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so last question for yeah, you, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the grand scheme of hip-hop. Oh, Shauna. I got to say Shauna. I'm gotta sorry. Got to shout out Shauna. Shauna, legend. Shauna and Tifa, too, yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right, in the grand scheme of hip-hop, overall landscape. Yeah. How does Chicago's piece fit into that puzzle? How would you describe it? Well, we're in the middle. So uh, one thing that Jay Prince said and Scarface said that his album would break in Chicago before it broke anywhere else because we, we're in the middle and, and we're the biggest city in the middle. So we have a huge influence throughout the Midwest as well as the South the East Coast embraced us. The West Coast embraced us because we embraced them. And everybody knew they could always come here and get some money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because, man, we embraced the art. We embraced the culture. So with that being said, I think Chicago is definitely, uh, man, especially with all that has transpired over the last 10 years, man, we up there. Yeah. It's my city, so... I love it. I'm going to say number one. I can't say nothing less. This is where I'm from because of the influence. Like, love to Kendrick Lamar, out west. I was on his Section 80 album, his yeah. first album he put out. I'm rapping on it. I mean, I'm I'm on the hook on it, and I'm doing some speaking the ism real divinely at the end. His parents from Chicago. Yep. They from the hundreds. Yep. You know what I'm saying? This dude won a Pulitzer Prize, but he is the product of his mother and his father, two Chicagoans. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like Ludacris, he went down to the South, he did his thing, but his people from here, they from Chicago, some of the biggest artists of all time. Like they have, like Jay-Z being as big as he is, that Blueprint album is the album that really, really like helped him like reach a whole nother level. Kanye did a lot of production on that album, a dude from Chicago. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like, we've always had a really, really big influence, man. And with that being said, oh, like, even with Lil Wayne, I remember one time he said that he really began to really, like, tighten up his flow from a dude from Chicago named Mickey Halstead, mm -hmm. who's from Chicago. Shout out to Mickey. So, man, like, and me personally, I've seen people with lyrics that I said tattooed on their body and things of that nature and told me I helped them deal with the loss of their mama. I helped them get through college. I helped them do this, that, and the third just off of the words that I conveyed over music. Man, Chicago, it is what it is, and I can't refuse it, man. That's what it is, man. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, man. GLC. Plenty much love. In the building right now, man. It's all about Chicago. I appreciate your time and your perspective, bro. I appreciate you, brother. No doubt. Love. Love. Plenty much. Yes, sir. All right. Ism. <laughs>